Hello and welcome to another Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims. Charlie, uh, obviously we're both excited today. We've been, we're excited for every one of that we do, but uh, today we have a guy who in just one season with the Milwaukee Admirals made such an impact and he is the only person to ever invite both you and me to a Stanley <laughs> Cup party. Uh, he's former Admirals goaltender Scott Darling. Darles, thanks for the time. How are you doing? Of course, man. I miss you guys. That was a fun night. Oh, that was a great man. night. You you have, would, you have no idea. Memories. I I'm trying to rem- you know when we heard about it when you were nice enough to invite us to this party in 2015 after winning the Stanley Cup. Charlie and I were looking at each other like, "What us? We were like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, you think I'd forget you guys? Come on. Did, he, did 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 someone go onto your phone and change your girlfriend's number to my number or something like that? No, of course not. You guys were so good to me in Milwaukee. Wanted to share that with everybody I could, and I was happy you guys were able to make it. I it was. I, I, I was just going to say, I was just telling my son today, who's, you know, he's 11 and he's, you know, obviously pretty cool, at least according to his standards. And I'm just a geeky dad. And I said, who he, he said, I said, we're doing a podcast with Scott Darling today. And, and then I went on a tell and, you know, like, Hey, and I, Scott invited us to his Stanley cup party. And suddenly like, I, I gained a little cachet there. I, <laughs> I, I went out the picture with the cup. And I was like, hey, for, you know, 10 seconds, uh, I'm sort of the cool dad. But of course, you know, tonight when I tell him it's time for better, whatever, then not so cool. But uh, yeah, that was a night. That was a good moment for me, at least just for today. No, it was fun, man. It's like I I told you guys, like, I've loved my journey I've been on and and you guys were so great to me. I'll probably give you a little credit for my career because you guys pumped my tires and made it sound like I was a good goalie. Eventually, the next year, I'm winning the Stanley Cup. When you so have, you guys get a little credit. When you have six shutouts and a goal's against it, too, I don't think we need to pump any tires here. <laughs> I mean, well, you honestly, didn't hurt. You didn't hurt. Honestly, until this season, uh, your go- your year as a goaltender was probably the, the, the best, at least statistically, the best goaltending year in Admiral's history, which is this who, was our who, fifth. Who beat this me our, this year? Uh, Connor Ingram and Troy Grosnick. They both uh, had, uh, they, they, had a good squad. We, we were we were really good. We were the best team in the league by far. I missed a lot playing in Europe. I missed a lot. Yeah, but uh, we had good we had good players and I don't know. I don't want to say we were a lock for the Calder Cup, but probably I mean, we're, we're not we're nine months who's out gonna fight us on it. Right. Who's going to fight us? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's Absolutely. Right. I still blame it on my last game. I, I got shelled for seven goals against the Wolves my last game of the season. I would have had like a one ninety three. Yeah. I tell you what, you know what? I, I look back on that and and I don't know if it's ever been expressed to you, but I Dean has Dean Evison said maybe his greatest mistake I'm 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 putting words into his mouth a little bit, but he he said his one of his mistakes was that you didn't he didn't ride you in the playoffs that year. Yeah, I mean, I understand that though, right? Like, I wasn't signed by Nashville, and and right. Mazzy and Maggie were the guys. Like, they sent Maggie down, um, which even that was like a thing. Like, I should have been the one sent down to Cincinnati, but they sent Maggie down because I was playing well. And Mazzy's the guy; he's the prospect. I get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking back, it's like I wish I would have got a chance in that first round. Uh, I mean, you know, play. that team, that team you were on. We, Aaron and I, in this podcast, we talk about our uh, the teams from 04 to 06 in Admirals history because those that day went to two call or won a Calder Cup and went to the finals two years later. But the team in 13 14 that you were on was absolutely stacked 
with future yeah. NHLers like yourself. We uh, could have we could have done some damage. We just had a you know rough first round. Rough first round, but like Philip, Phil, you're you will, and we'll talk. We got to talk about this, but Philip Forsberg, Colton Sissons, Tony Batetto, uh Mika Salamaki, like just yeah. just all stud AHL players that went on to have successful NHL careers, which is yeah, you know, yeah. We had a we had a great squad. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it's been fun to run into those guys over the years. Oh, I bet the the you, what you said though about about being the not the draft pick and all of that stuff. I mean, that's the harsh reality of this game, isn't it? Well, pretty much anywhere in business, if you're not the one that the boss hired, or if you're not the one that somebody's put their neck out on the line for, you really, well, you got to have a 2.0 goals against average and six shutouts. In yeah, the I know. I mean, and that just, that's just the way it goes. And like Diener was great to me. And like, I can understand because like that year I had a really good season. I only played what, like 26 games, but you know, I was feeling it and like, I'm sure Diener wanted to play me, but just the business of it. And you know, Mazzy was the guy and they wanted to get him going and get him up to Nashville. So I I understand that stuff. I've been doing this long enough that I get how it works. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily make it any easier at the time, even though, you know, it's not about you. It's still like, eh, mm, I'd really like to. I know I was, I was practicing in Toronto. We were playing the Marlies and I was like, you know, God, I really want to play tomorrow, you know, but just the way it goes, the way it goes. That was the, that was the bus trip that we we (laughs) had to go home on the bus. We, we left Toronto on the bus. Was it? I'm yeah. pretty sure we lost in the playoffs that year. And yes. because oh, we would have yeah, 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 had right. to have waited, we would have had to have waited three or four days to get on the plane because we couldn't change our flight. So we decided right. rather than wait for four days or whatever, oh, yeah. we, just we went home on the bus. Charter. Yeah, that's funny. That was hell. Oh man. <laughs> I do not miss those charter buses. <laughs> I'm too big. I'm too big. I can't, I can't fit in those seats. Well, that bus plus, I mean, think about it too. Like that was, it's best of five, right? So you play two at home and then three on the road. So the admirals had lost two in a row and you got to pack for, maybe you're going to go somewhere else the next game, next time. So you got to pack yeah. for not only a week in Toronto, but maybe another week after that. So everybody's suitcases up above and all the equipment. Uh-huh. I mean, that was rough. Oh yeah. That was a sad trip home. <laughs> <laughs> we stopped at a, remember we stopped at a convenience store in Michigan and it was like the greatest relief ever to get off that yeah. bus. Oh, I remember now. I, mean, for me. I, think I, I think I repressed that memory. I mean, maybe you would, maybe did you ask the bus driver coming around 294 there? Just, Hey, can you just let me out right here? I'm close enough to home. I'll get home somehow. Just drop me off in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that no, year, that that year for you, I mean, you, you, it, it, it really was kind of it, it led to so much for you, didn't it? I mean, it's it's pretty yeah, amazing. It was, you, it was, and some of the stories. Was, I'm sorry, I, I, real quick, I just want to say because some of the stories you told me about where you were before that are really remarkable. But uh, to get back to just that year, it really led to a lot of good opportunities. Yeah, it was my stepping stone for sure. Um, and like, I credit a lot of that to Diener. Like Diener was awesome to me. And like, like I said, he didn't have to play me. Like Helberg was there. He is a great goalie. He's doing great in Russia now. He's yeah. killing it. Yeah, he and Matt Mazzy was a great goalie, but they, they were the prospects. Right. And so I should have been in Cincinnati. I should have been in the coast, but Diener gave me an opportunity and he played me more than he had to. And I ended up playing 26 games and 
you know, have a good year. The next thing you know, you're getting offers left, right, and center from multiple NHL teams. And then obviously once the Hawks came into the picture, it was a done deal for me as a lifelong well, I, Hawks fan. I was going to say, was there ever any any choice uh, once the Hawks made you an offer? Was it like, that's it, uh, I, I'm going there? That's Yeah, for, for me, I was like, you don't even have to pay me. I'm in. Like, really? Just, that's, uh... Yeah, because, I mean, I, I think I had more, like, financial opportunity with other teams but once the hawks came in i was like done deal i would do anything to play for the blackhawks how wild was that because you had worked so hard on your own behalf to get jobs the you know i'm assuming with milwaukee but even before that for three four years you had you really did whatever you could i mean your story is is really incredible yeah i mean from age 21 it was like 15 teams until i got to milwaukee um, just living and out you of the basically suitcase. hustling, right? I mean, it was you hustling. I, I, was I you hustled, calling. man. It, was you. it wasn't an agent. It was you. Yeah. Well, see, my agent loves me to this day because I tell him I do the research and then I just have him <laughs> make the call. So I like do his job for him. And that's why we're best friends like to this day. Um, because I do his job for him. Uh, but that's what I did for four years. You know, the, my fourth year, that was Milwaukee. And and then once I got close to the NHL, you know, that's when he kind of took over. And, like, I had offers from multiple teams and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, the Hawks came in the picture. And I was like, yeah, I don't care what the offer is. Like, sign it. Take it. Okay. So you you said that yeah. uh, when you're – well, first of all, you're the first player in the SPHL to ever play in the NHL, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, only one. Yeah. And you, I believe you told me that as the SPHL, you were the third goalie at one of the, one of your stops, maybe in Shreveport. Uh, and that you had to, they, you had to make sales calls and that you, did you dress up as a mascot one time? Those are two different things. Yeah. I wanted to get to <laughs> yeah. that. Those were two yeah. different the things. Mas- yeah. The mascot was in juniors. Oh, in juniors. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I in was the a NA? third goalie and. In the NA, yeah, North Iowa Outlaws. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and the SP, you know, it's a rough place to start, but I always, like, joke around that I played more games in the Southern Pro League and the NHL. Like, those are my two biggest chunks of games. I played, like, 80 in two years in the Southern Pro League, and then I just figured it out and hit this trajectory and moved up very quick. And then I played, I don't know, like 150 games in the NHL or something. And in in between, it's like 60 AHL games, like, I don't know, 49 Coast games Coast or like games. whatever, a couple Central League games. But, yeah, after the Southern Pro League, I took the quick route somehow to the NHL. What, yeah. what, what was it? Do you Can you put your finger on it at all? Like you're this – you probably didn't grow more. Maybe you got stronger. But was it – is it a mental thing, a confidence thing? Yeah, I, I slowly got confidence. And, like, when I was younger, I was, like, a party animal. And, you know, my first year pro, I, I started in Vegas. And then I ended up playing Louisiana. And then I had to give my head a shake and figure it out and, like, just really put my nose to the grindstone. And, and like I said, it took me a long time, a lot of calls to, like, get traction. But once I finally did, I, I had my year in Wheeling. I had a couple calls to the A. Got the Black Ace for three months with Wilkesbury Scranton. And then I got my contract with you guys in Milwaukee. And then, like, I, I was just very, very focused for a long time there. Like, nothing else existed to me. And I think that's why it kind of worked out the way it did. 
but you can't that that's a hard thing to maintain it's it's unbelievable to be in that like blinders on right but and, and, yeah. and there has to be i think for anybody who aspires to be a pro athlete there has to be a selfishness to it doesn't there like you can't you can't do you have you have to cut yourself off from a lot of things because yeah i mean i mean everything like full focus yeah like everything you know what even little stuff like holidays like i wasn't going right. home for christmas like right. stuff like that like i had one singular focus and you know it was time away from family i'm moving all over the country just chasing this dream um but yeah i mean it paid off and i don't have any regrets and everyone understood you know that i was right living my life that way and they're all happy for me so like i said no complaints today it's right. been this is gonna be my 11th year pro and i i've loved every second of it even the downsides like all of it i've loved all of it we're, there, we're, we're, we're all we're all a, a, a sum of our experiences right yeah, so i mean yeah it's been the, so the much negative fun. the positive it's it's all yeah and all i've met learning. so many people i met guys like you two and like just made great friends like I just saw Leambus recently, like, oh, yeah. um, in Des Moines, like just the people you meet, the experiences, like I, I joke that I'm, I'm like one degree of separation from anything. It's like, if you lived in America, I'd probably lived close to you at some point <laughs> in my life. <laughs> so I, I'm an easy conversation guy. Cause I, you know, I've had all these great experiences. <laughs> Where, well, not what, only as a player, but didn't you? I mean, you you were sort of an army brat, right? Or were, didn't you travel? A yeah, lot my whole that? life, my whole life. Yeah, I've the longest I've ever lived one spot was four years, and in, in my hometown, I call my hometown Lamont, Illinois. Um, but I grew up. Yeah, I, I was born in Virginia. I lived in Washington. My sister was born in Germany. Like my whole life has been out of a suitcase, but it's been fun, and I and I I like it that way. It's been fun. Yeah. Where Where did you play youth hockey? I played in Chicago. I lived in Chicago from second to seventh grade. So maybe five years I lived there. Okay. Yep. Um, and then I left again to go to prep school. I went to Saskatchewan for a year and then I started playing juniors. So I was in Iowa for a few years, New York, Indiana, you name it. I've just kind of just been living All out of my car. Place. Was, was, yeah. was that difficult for you as a, as a young, as a young kid to, to be moving all over the place? Yeah, I think it was early on. And then, like I said, when I was 21, I gave my head a shake. I got my head around it, like what it was that was bugging me as a young person. Um, But now I look back on it all fondly. Yeah. When you're in Iowa, in North Iowa, how does the how how does this becoming a mascot thing happen? What's the story? (laughs) Who comes to you to say, Scott, you're going to be the mascot tonight? Well, I was there for and like. What was the a, mascot, by the way? What was the mascot? It was a cowboy. It was just a big cowboy head. His name was Puckshot the Outlaw. Um, <laughs> only in uh, Mason City, Iowa, I promise. Um, but so <laughs> we had to rotate like all the scratches. And I was there for like a year. I only played like seven games. And so I was always the odd man out. And so we would rotate through like, there was like five of us who never played. So one game I had to be the guy to do it. And I'm obviously very tall. So people knew it was me. (laughs) 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 And so, yeah, we got a good laugh out of that one. It's tough to breathe. There's got to be pictures. There's got to be pictures. I was sweating. Yeah. No, there's no photos. I I can't find one to this day. (laughs) Yeah, none. 
None exist for sure. If we call, if we call somebody in Mason City, there's going to be something there in Mason City. Maybe, maybe my high school girlfriend has a blackmail photo of me as Buckshot the Outlaw. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? That's a great name. Yeah, I think it's a terrible name. (laughs) Who voted on that? (laughs) That's hockey in Iowa, I guess. That's so good. Uh, so I got to show you one of my most prized things um, involves you. Uh, you got in and I may, have you had just one goalie fight. Have you just had one fight or have you had one, any? one, one goalie on goalie. I have a couple against players, but one goalie on goalie. I'm showing you oh. a photo. Oh yeah. Poor Sammy. <laughs> yeah, poor Sammy is right. <laughs> Yeah, so it was Sammy Idacalio in uh, Cleveland, Lake Erie yeah, Monsters, yeah. the Admirals in Lake Erie. Um, and there's always to this day, and I don't know if you experienced it when you were with Rockford, because you signed this apparently. Uh, you and Sammy both signed it. Uh, Doug Plagans was the broadcaster who now does Florida Panthers games, and Doug Doug got oh, it really? signed. And he one one day he said, "I got something for you." And this was when you had visited with Rockford. So I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember signing it or not, but he gave he I, gave I me do. One. I remember I remember him saying it was for you. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. So yeah, it, yeah. it's pretty special. Oh. It's up on my wall, and you know it's good because it's under my Willie Plett picture. So oh. it's yeah. I like so, that. Yeah. I feel it's honored. A, yeah. No, it's a big it's a big thing. Um, but there's always to this day just funky things that go on in Cleveland, it seems, on the ice. I don't know if you explain oh, What that. else I mean, happened? <laughs> well, it, it's just, like you know, there's 6-5 games, or there's, you know, things like that. Like, it's just just out of the norm. You know, it's not the 3-2 hockey game that you yeah. come to yeah. expect all the time with four power plays or whatever. It's 9-10 power plays and 12-13 goals. I mean, it's just, they're all crazy games, it seems, for whatever reason in Cleveland. And this one was a crazy night. Do you can, what can you remember about that night? Oh yeah, I can tell you the whole story. I mean, we were getting <laughs> we were getting pumped pretty good. So I know I, I was getting shelled for like five. I think we we're down five one. Yeah, and it's funny because somebody took a video. It used to be on Instagram. I, I haven't seen it in years, but uh, from behind the net, like of me, because everybody yeah. was like skirmishing. And yeah, then, but it wasn't a crazy play though, right? It was it was just some pushing and shoving and. Yada, yada. Yeah, but I don't know why, but like he came at me right. and I didn't really? like start the fight. He came at me. And but the video that it, I don't know where it lives on the Internet now, but you just see both my gloves like hit both boards. Like I threw my gloves <laughs> off so fast because I was like so pissed off about letting in five goals. And I just like saw red. He came at me. I darted out to the middle and I was like, I'm sorry, but I'm going to kill you. right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you did. And you did. It's a good thing his jersey came off. If you, it, we'll put a link in the uh, in the description here to yeah. the fight. I know Diener. Diener got mad at me for letting him go. <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah, <laughs> Dean yeah. would. Dean yeah, would I definitely know. get mad at you for because I'm go. not the type of guy who like really wants to hurt somebody. <laughs> and <laughs> Dean like gave me grief the next day. He's like, "Why'd you let him go?" I'm like, "I don't know. I don't want to like hurt the guy." <laughs> I, well, I think you, you you could have right like. Uh, he wasn't a small guy, but he was giving up probably four or five inches on you. And yeah. I don't think that was ever in his, uh, that was not in his playbook. Uh, well, that's why I was just surprised he came at me. It's like, yeah. I, 
no, half a foot taller than you and but that's 50 pounds of, heavier that's, than you. That's kind of the dream for goalies, isn't it? Like, Oh, I was licking involved. my chops. It's, it's a yeah. goal. It's a goal and a fight. Like if you could get those somewhere in your life, you're going to have an unbelievable career. Yeah, I guess so. You know, um, <laughs> But yeah, that was fun. I mean, it's a great video. Like, um, like I said, I, that's the only goalie fight I have. When I played in the Southern Pro League, I fought a few forwards. Um, <laughs> but there's no footage in that league that's, of what goes that, on. That how, how does I've that I've never go? heard of that happening before. Well, what do you mean? Remember Ray Emery? He used to do it all the time. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. That's true. Good point. That's. Good I, had point. Like like, in, like, I had like three in the on, Southern I don't Pro remember, League. I, I don't remember full on with Ray Emery. Like, like twirling around and do it, you know, the pageantry of it. Like, well, no, the goalie pageantry, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing circling each other like that. <laughs> um, but forwards, you just like jump them and start fighting. I guess. Right. right. <laughs> it's almost like it's some sort of, it's a ritual. It's like a mating ritual where the goalies have to, the circles, the circles get smaller and smaller and you're literally, out- you can see it. You can see it on all the guys' faces in that fight video. Like everybody stops. They're like, you yes. know, what's what's happening? And ev- all ten guys just turn around. They're like, holy crap! The goalies are circling are, each other. Are, are going right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wasn't I think if I'm not mistaken, that same year Maz got in a fight against Cleveland. Also, is that not right? Did he? I Boy, I, I don't I, remember. I know I know Maggie Maggie fought Maggie, Muse in Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, yeah in, in, in Charlotte. Charlotte. And there's a great video of that where Mags has his knees on John Muse's shoulders. Like he's just yeah. a little bro- like he's a big brother just about to beat up his little brother. And the mom just stops him. He's like, he's just got his fist going down. And I felt bad for John Muse at that point. And especially since they were wearing those awful Charlotte Hornets jerseys uh, for oh, that day. Yeah. I, right. John Muse yeah. deserved to get punched just for wearing a jersey like that, even though it wasn't his fault. Yeah, but uh, the only goalie I've ever played with bigger than me is Maggie, so he's got some reach there. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, uh, so that year, you don't live anywhere in Milwaukee, except you live – well, not anywhere. You do live somewhere, but your in address is always, is always changing. You had to live at the Hilton the entire year. Me and Phil lived in that <laughs> double bedroom for a whole season. And, and that's the ch- crazy – yeah. yeah, but that's but the crazy if, thing is that you oh, did you have to check out all the time? Like if there was a road every trip? Yes. every time yeah. we left, so we had to check, check out. Yeah. And Phil didn't have a car, so like we would put all our stuff in my car, and then when we we would get you remember we get home from road trips at two three in the morning, and like we have to get our stuff out of the car, go check back in. <laughs> we joke to this day that we're still Hilton Diamond members because they let us keep <laughs> the points awesome. from that year. Oh, that's huge. That actually that yeah, is a huge. big deal. That's, that's oh, yeah. oh. I just saw him not that long ago and that joke came up again. <laughs> do you by the way, do you get in the NHL? Do you get the points or do you got to give no. them to your travel guy? No, no, travel Costello, guy. the Costello of the Blackhawks or the uh Hurricanes, yeah. he's the one you yeah. ever notice Ryan never not Ryan's he's jet setting all over the world, all over the place. It's because he gets all these points and he just banks yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, it's rare to get the points, but we got them. We're like, we're still both diamond members from that one year. We had like 180 and, nights in the hotel. In the hotel. And you would also sometimes, if the Hilton was oversold, we were paying the least amount per night, the admirals were. So you'd have to go stay like at somewhere else, maybe at the uh, A loft or wherever it was. Uh, yeah, I think that happened like one or twice. But like 
it was just funny because like we both had girlfriends who weren't from there so like we'd have to pay for our own rooms if our girlfriends came to visit or like oh, whatever yeah. and yeah that was it was fun and we took that funny photo when we finally moved out like seven months later in front of the hilton just like you know r.i.p <laughs> hilton life <laughs> But you know what? You didn't have to figure out what you're going to do with your couch. You didn't have to figure out what you're going to do. You didn't have to get a U-Haul. You didn't have to that do was, That was things. the good aspect of it, for sure. But oh. it was just funny because the whole time I thought I was getting sent down, he thought he was getting called up. So we were just like in this holding pattern. Yeah. Yeah. For the whole season. It was funny because I got yeah. sent down once and he got called up once. But other than that, we were just there. <laughs> Just there. And what, what do you do? Yeah. You just sit there, you go, you just hop on the bed and watch, or you go to other guys' houses or what, I mean, what do you do? No, like, I mean, I would hang out with Maggie a lot. He would cook me dinner sometimes. Uh, I learned a lot of Swedish living with Phil. Um, <laughs> and Mags, right? And Mags, but yeah, like, I don't know, Phil would FaceTime a lot. Me, I'm a big TV guy. So I'd be like, I have my headphones in watching um, my shows and then he would FaceTime with his friends back home. But and then we would do dinner together every night. And like, that was kind of our routine. Wow. Where, where, where would you go for dinner? I mean, you have to eat out. Didn't you get sick of eating out? Because at least yeah. you're getting per diem though, right? You're on a coast. And, yeah. Uh, we, and, oh, we were, we were tight on the per diem. Like we made them pay up. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, we, there was like, we ate like crap. Like there was like an Applebee's down the street. Yeah. And, like, and then farther down by the river, there were a few restaurants and that's where most of the guys lived. So like we go down there, but yeah, we were like eating at Chili's and Applebee's every night. Yeah. I, yeah, but what are you gonna do? I, I get the smothered chicken at Applebee's quite well, a bit. We when couldn't I was afford room service. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they weren't paying us that much. I had to save our money. That's right. So w w during that season, when things are going on, did you think it was going to lead to something? Um, I mean, I was hopeful. Um, but me, I, I'm more of like an in-the-moment kind of guy. I was focused on playing for the Admirals. Sure. Um, well, even if it was that, Nashville signing or whatever, right? I mean, it, Yeah, I mean, I was hopeful. And like I said, once the season ended and I was done playing, then I started to think about, oh, it's like, well, I just was the top statistical goalie in the American league, even though I only played 26 games, I'm like, somebody has to give me a shot. Right. Um, and it started happening quickly. And like I said, I had offers from all over the place. And then once the Hawks came in, I knew I was like, I'm very fine with just going to Rockford and trying to work my way up. Um, and then they signed Michael Layton. So him and I were there. Um, and I didn't think that it was within my grasp that first season to like make the jump. But somehow, you know, I just kind of kept that so, momentum that I had from Milwaukee, played well there. And, you know, the first time there was an injury, I was the one called up. And then, you know, by February, I was full time there. Yeah. What What was your first – take us through what happened your first time you were called up in from from Rockford up to Chicago. What was the case? Was Who were the, to, the top two goal? Who was Crawford's backup uh, at that point? It was Ranta. Um, oh, yeah, my Ranta, first sure. – my first call was actually pretty funny. We were in uh, Toronto playing the Marlies and we get off the ice from practice and the trainers say to me and Michael Layton, like, don't throw your stuff in the laundry. Like one of you's leaving. And me, I'm like, well, I would call up late. So I just throw my stuff in the laundry and like, go take a shower. And then two seconds, two seconds later, they come and grab me and they're like, your flight's in an hour. Like, they're playing the flyers tonight like you're backing up and i was like oh my god i'm like running out of the <laughs> rink 
and like you know somebody's like waiting for me in chicago to like escort me to the rink and all that so i had time to call like my girlfriend at the time and then my parents and i was like yeah come to the game i'm gonna be in chicago tonight and and that's kind of how it went down were they like what are you gonna what are you doing there are you you, you're playing was there a question as to what was going on i was like i don't know somebody got hurt i'm gonna be on the bench if you want to come to the game And that's how my first call up went. And then literally I flew back like the next morning. And then the second time I got called up, I actually played three games and it went well. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how it went. See, you, so you, you're, go ahead, Aaron. I was just to say, when you get called up and you know, how soon is it that you know you're going to play? So, I mean, we talk all the time with players about having the people, the loved ones in their life in the stands and watching and all of that and friendships and, and so on. Uh, do you know fairly early on that you're going to be in this game when it, wherever it may be? Um, I mean, my experience, we went, I forget where we were flying from my second call up when I ended up actually playing and I, I walked on the plane and, and I love Joel Quinville. He's a great guy and we're still like close to this day. Um, but he's not a big talker. So like I walked on the plane and he just, all he said was, you're going tomorrow. And I was like, <laughs> like I did like a double take yeah. and just walked, walked back and just like started sweating. Cause I was so nervous, <laughs> um, but we were on our way back to Chicago. So I texted my like family and, um, you know, sisters, relatives, whatever. I was like, I'm actually playing the senators tomorrow. Like <laughs> if you guys want to come to the game, like, let me know. And so I knew maybe 18 hours before, and then I just turned my phone off because I didn't want everybody bugging me the whole day because <laughs> right? it went like public knowledge that I was going to start first Chicago goalie to start for the Hawks. So like everybody right. was freaking out. Yeah. I mean, that's not, amazing not... too when you think about it. First Chicago goalie to play for the Hawks. I mean, it's one thing we just had Troy Grosnick, your first Milwaukee native to play for the Admirals. It's, it's another thing that hundred some years of Chicago Blackhawks hockey that you're the first Chicago goalie. It's amazing. Yeah, and it was wild because I played against Craig Anderson, who's also from Chicago. So, like, it was the only time that's ever happened. Like, two Chicago goalies faced off in an NHL game, yeah. which, is, yeah. which is bizarre. That Whoa. is bizarre. That's totally yeah. bizarre. Wait, was it that game? Craig Anderson was starting for Ottawa yeah. the, uh, the next night? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, in- that's completely insane. Yeah, uh, I have and- a lot of random, like, first person to do something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you had kept your phone on, the first person to drop your entire year's salary on tickets, because I'm because Blackhawk tickets aren't cheap, and I'm sure you would have just gotten crushed. Especially then. Crushed. Oh, I let's say let's just say I broke even my first year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you got the cup out of it, so that wasn't too shabby. Yeah, like I said, no complaints from me. But it was a wash from what they paid me and what I paid in tickets and jerseys that year. Oh God, that's <laughs> when you unbelievable. When, when you when you win the cup, um, I talked to Brandon Bolig a couple of months ago about this and his story about being in the locker room and then them all of a sudden realizing you're in a different situation. But I mean, what what goes through your mind? What happens when you win the cup? Is it just pandemonium? Is it just is there is there anything that it, is it, deliberate? Is there? It, it's like an adrenaline blackout. Like once I think the way the game went down, like Kaner scored with. A couple minutes left to make it 2-0 right. yep. and that's when we like realize you know you start standing up on the bench and it starts to hit you that like this is gonna happen 
Um, and so, yeah, sorry. It's like hard to talk about. It's just yeah. a great night. Um, so we realized we were going to win and like Crow's making his saves. It's like clocks ticking down. Next thing you know, it's over. You did it. Um, you know, your family comes out on the ice and all that stuff. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was a night. That was yeah. a good one. Is it, and in, in maybe you, you answered this earlier, but, uh, my goodness to think that you were in Milwaukee, you know, a year before and now you're, yeah, now yeah. you're, you're, you're going to be in Cincinnati. Stanley Cup. Now you're lifting, right. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, it was very, very surreal, you know? Yeah. Now, but let's go back a little bit before the cup, the first round of the playoffs, not only, so you start, you get to play Crawford's, Crawford's off his game for whatever reason, but the team you're playing isn't just any team. You guys are playing Nashville and all these, uh, your former roommate. Yeah. And all these guys. That SOB got a hat trick on me game six (laughs) (laughs) or game five, I think game five. Yeah. But you guys won that game. The, The Hawks won that game, right? Yeah, yeah, we won. Uh, no, we lost game five when Phil got a hat trick on me. Okay. And then we won game six. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was wild, you know. And, like, even that was, like, a cool experience doing the handshake afterwards. You're seeing all your friends. And, like, obviously they're sad they lost. But they're like, dude, I'm so happy for you. Like, you right. killed it. Like, even Phil was they, like, yeah. Because they know what you went through, right? Like, there's a respect there. And that you put in your dues, like if you don't know a guy, you, you know, yeah, it could, congratulations and move on. But all those guys, for the most part, knew what what yeah, you did. Yeah, there was like four or five of them from the team, you know. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it was very cool and like it was nice to feel that respect. And um, yeah. So I I heard you tell this story a diff, on a on a different, uh, probably not quite as good podcast as ours. <laughs> Uh, about finding out that you, uh, to take us through how you found out you were playing in the Stanley cup playoffs. Oh God. <laughs> um, are you talking about game one or game three? I think it's game game three when after in between periods where I, uh, no, so that would have been game one, but yeah, okay, that was I, game one. Okay. So they scored a third goal with like a minute left in the first and, you know, as a goalie, I peeked down the bench to see if the coaches are looking at me and, like, nobody looked at me. Um, so I was like, you know what, playoffs, it's different. They're just going to yeah. let Crow rip and, like, whatever. And so I, like, have relief. I'm like, okay, I don't have to play. Like, fine. And I go into the locker room. Like, one minute later, Q walks in and just says, like, he does. He just goes, Darlson, you're in. And <laughs> – I quietly just like got up and threw up all over the bathroom (laughs) and everybody heard me and everybody was making fun of me, but like in a, in like a light jovious way, I guess. And and so I walked back out like red as a chimney (laughs) and, and everyone just like, you're good. I'm like, let's go. And like, that was, (laughs) is that the only time, is that the only time that that's happened? No, I throw up before every game, to be honest. That's what I was wondering, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you really? Yeah, I do. After warm-ups, every game. That, <laughs> um, it, I have for since my first AHL game. I never did it before the AHL. It happened, like I said, I don't do it on purpose. Just right, anxiety. It and um, So every game since 2013, 
think I played my first game with you guys in Texas, and that was the first time I puked before a game, and I've done it ever <laughs> since. Wow. <laughs> I might have some esophagus issues by the time yeah. I retire. <laughs> oh, Has there ever been a game where you're where where after warm-ups you come off and you're like, yeah, I don't I don't feel it this time, and then you start to wonder, like, uh-oh, I'm am I off my game? Am I oh, not yeah. in this? Oh, Oh yeah, that happened actually this year in in Austria. I thought I was fine, and then I started walking out to the ice like for the game to start, and I just had to like flip my bucket off and like beeline for a garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> what was uh, yeah? How, how was that? How was your your experience in Austria? It was it was awesome. Um, the hockey was different. The styles different. Um, the way of life is different. But I loved. It's a very underrated beautiful country i loved living there um we lived like innsbruck where i was at it's like you're in the middle of the austrian alps like it's yeah out of a movie it, it was beautiful um but yeah i mean the hockey's different um travel's different like you you travel day of and play just get off the bus and play a game like it's it, it's weird but it was a lot of fun it was a great experience i another thing i wouldn't change like i loved it there would you do it again I would, but I mean, now I'm like, I'm married. Um, right. I, have, I have two great Danes. It's, it's kind of hard to like navigate that life to go back to Europe. Um, so I'm hoping to play here in the U S this year and see what happens, but I'm happy. I went, I'm happy for the experience. I, I'm a big travel junkie anyway. So it was fun to just like live abroad. And like, I picked up German pretty good. I'm, I, I can speak a little Deutsch now. Um, He's so German. I can do that at a four-year-old level. My, my daughter's going to a German immersion school. So I, oh, I, really? Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm very good at uh, basic shapes and counting to ten. Just okay. So yeah. I got you so by good. a little bit. Then yeah. I got you by a little bit. <laughs> so I'll, I I'd love to to hear a little bit more about what you uh, your experience on your honeymoon this past was it this past year was speaking of travel yeah, summer yeah just hop an rv and just start driving around i mean did you have well, we, had a plan obviously yeah we had a plan um we had to cancel our wedding um just like a lot of people did this year so to make up for it we it was actually my idea one of the only good ones i've had in my life rent an <laughs> rv and we're just like we both love mountains and like we had just been in austria so like we were living like the après ski life we'd go up to the mountains for lunch and go snowboarding and stuff like that and so we're like let's go to the northwest and we just she's more the planner and i was more the driver and so we just ripped we did um the badlands south dakota and then headed to colorado utah we eloped in montana we just had like eight people, just very small yeah. um, elopement and Airbnb. We went all over Montana. We just hit like national parks. So right. we went up to Glacier and then kind of turned around and came back the same way. And it was awesome. I was born for the RV life. What, Signed what me was, up for that. What, how, was it difficult to get her to go along with it? Because I've been telling my wife that we should rent an RV and she has no interest in it whatsoever. No, nah, she she's good. She like even before we started dating, like she traveled the world by herself. So she's like into that stuff. She didn't like RV parks, um, but that was more of a COVID thing. So we boondocked a lot and just like, you know, would park on the side of a river or whatever yeah. and just yeah. do that. But um, yeah, she loved it. And 
Uh, she didn't have to do much. She just had to hang out while I drove us everywhere. <laughs> I was the one. I was the one cleaning the tanks, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did, you, did, you, did you tow a car, or was it just your RV? No, we just had the RV, and there was like two parks that there were places we wanted to go that we couldn't take the RV, so we would rent like a Jeep and do that there. Right. Yeah. Right, because but, the tunnels, because because the tunnels couldn't, because your RV had was too big, or was it uh, something? Yeah, else? it was too big, and and I think it was at uh, Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado. There's this like Skyway that. Um, yeah, we've been there. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, that one, and then we had to do it at Yellowstone too, because you can take an RV through Yellowstone, but where we wanted to go see, we needed to have a Jeep. Yeah. Okay. Was there ever a time where you were driving on the in the mountains? in this big exposure 30, 30 foot RV where you're like a little white knuckling it. Like, Oh boy. You don't, uh, you don't even want to know what Apple maps did to me. <laughs> I, I had 24 miles cliffside in Colorado on our way to Moab <laughs> with no guardrail, one lane cliffside. Oh, oh my I didn't gosh. talk. I didn't say a word for an hour. <laughs> and then we got to the highway and I was just like, <gasps> I tell you what, how come you're not throwing up there? <laughs> I probably wanted to, but I had a dog and a wife to take care of. I had precious cargo. <laughs> oh like, my gosh. We were, we, my wife and I, we did that in Utah a couple of years ago. And I think it's highway 12 or 10 in Utah. The one through the red rocks. Yep. And that was the best part of the drive. I loved oh, it. Well, I, I, I said to her, like you're driving and I, I just put my head down. Cause you're like, it's, it's a two lane road, but there's no guardrails. You just look, You'd look down either side. It's a sheer drop. And yeah. I'm just like, forget this. I put my yeah. head, be- my head between my legs. And I was like, get me, oh, let's yeah. get where we're going. And when we finally did, it was saying, like, like, she just kept being like, you good. I'm like, don't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you'd ever do? Do you ever do that to teammates in games? Right. Like, uh, or, uh, or in the locker room in between periods, they try and chat you up and, I mean, I hope guys would know you don't talk to the goalies or whatever. If and, and yeah, less, but I'm but. pretty normal by I'm goalie say, standards. I can't see you being yes. that way. I can't see you being that way. Like, don't. No, talk I, to I, I like to keep it light. I like to mess around um, and joke. Like, I'll joke in TV timeouts or joke in between periods just to like keep myself from puking, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So you had mentioned you're hoping to play in North America. I mean, is it NHL or bust? Is it American league? I mean, what, what are, what are you thinking? Um, I'd be okay with AHL. Um, I'm down. I won't mention uh, where I'm at. I'm on a tryout with a a certain team in America. So I'm down here training. Um, Hopefully it goes well and, you know, but I'd be willing to go to the American league. Like definitely not above that. I've played everywhere. So um, we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, it'd be nice to, you know, kind of get back in the mix here. Um, and if not, like I have offers in Europe too. So we'll see. Do you ever, yeah. do you ever, I mean, I'm sure you have thought about what you want to do afterwards, but have you considered coaching at all? Like, like you said, you are a normal goalie. Uh, there's so many <laughs> goalies that I can't ever imagine them coaching somebody because they, they just can't communicate. They can't talk. Uh, yeah. You ever think about uh, getting into coaching at all? That's not that's uh, not exclusive to goalies, by the way. No, that's true. That's a good point. That's a good. <laughs> point. No, I I mean to be honest, I kind of like what you guys are doing. I like kind of the podcasting and entertainment thing. Um, 
So I don't know. I, I have some friends over at Barstool Sports that, you know, hopefully maybe land a job there when I'm done. Um, maybe start a goalie camp in Chicago. I, you know, I think my name carries enough weight there with the whole Chicago hometown thing to start doing that. Um, is it surreal when you go to, to Chicago and you see people wearing a darling Jersey around? Oh, it blows like, my mind. Right. Like it, I'm sure you saw it in Carolina too, but it's different cause you didn't grow up there. Yeah. Like I mean, home- it doesn't have the same weight, you know, but in yeah. Chicago, like with the Blackhawks logo and like, you know, even to this day, like I'm so grateful. I'm so, I can't believe that I got to play there for three years. Um, to be recognized as a former Blackhawks goalie when I just go out to get a sandwich or something like that. Like it it really blows me away to be recognized in, in that idea of me that I dreamed about for my entire life. And you think about it too, like the, the, the great, great players that have played in Chicago that never won. And you show up in your first year, my goodness, what a, and have well, a major like role in, in thing, right? Like Tony Esposito there, yeah. didn't win there. Eddie Belfort didn't win. I mean, just uh, Dominic Hassel. I know. For time, but I it's know. unbelievable, it, right? It's wild. The stars definitely aligned for me somehow. So who was your who was your guy? By the way, did you? I mean, you had my your, guy was Belfort. He was Eddie Belfort. Yeah. Yeah, he was. It, he was my guy. I loved Belfort, and then I loved Olaf Kolzig from. Uh, he used to play for the Caps. Caps, sure. Yeah, yeah forever. But yeah, uh, he was my Chicago guy. It's funny, my dad, when I first signed with the team, before he even said congratulations, he said, you got to introduce me to Tony Esposito. (laughs) 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 I was like, at that point, I was like, dude, I'm not going to play for the Blackhawks. I'm playing for the Ice Hogs. Because like, that was his guy and like, Belfour is my guy. Uh, I always tell that story. So you, what was it like when you introduced Tony Esposito to your dad then? It was amazing. I, my my dad was like a four year old again. It was it was <laughs> I, hilarious. I like he he wasn't short of words, and he was short of words that day. Really, one of the, one of the things, awesome things Tony that the Esposito's Hawks have... a cool guy. By the way, I I met him years ago uh, doing a radio show, and I spent about an hour with him. Um, yeah, just, he's like, he's you awesome. You, I, I at least me talking to him. I don't think you would know who he was, that he was like one of the great goaltenders of all time. Yeah, no, he was an awesome guy. He used to, he used to give me a lot of crap though. Cause like he would walk around the rink and like, you know how you guys see it. Like we play soccer before the games and stuff. Right. Um, and he would always like give me grief for doing that. <laughs> He's like, you need to be focused on hockey, you know? And I'm, I'm like, all right, Tony. <laughs> like, yeah. Like- yeah. The, the Blackhawks did, uh, obviously, after in their sort of renaissance, they've done so many good things. And one of them that I think is awesome, because I, I appreciate the, the history and everything, is bring back all these old-time players and, and really embrace the history, because it is so unique. Like, I can't imagine, especially for a guy like yourself growing up there, when they bring back uh, Bobby Hall and I mean, you weren't cheering for Bobby Hall, but Bobby Hall and Stan Makita and Elios and Denny Savard. Well, and, yeah. And Jeremy yeah. Roenick even probably. Right. Like, Oh yeah. It's super cool to see around the rink. Sorry for that. Um, that's all right. Um, and then they do like the last skate, which was cool. That's how I actually, I met Belfort when I was a kid, but, um, I got to interview him when he came to do the last skate. Really? 
like a full-on interview and it was like hilarious how like uncomfortable and awkward i was <laughs> like, interviewing. <laughs> um yeah i mean that's super cool and and like that's the thing i mean i love playing in carolina too but chicago like does it different like if you're a hawk you're a hawk for life like i could yeah. to this day i could still call them if i needed help with something or like even last year i broke my hand and it was the first time I hadn't had health insurance in like 10 years. Cause I wasn't playing at the moment. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, what do I do? I have to be an adult right now. Call the Blackhawks. Like they got me help to fix my hand, you know, like they're a great organization and they keep everybody close. And that's why so many guys, you see them keep rolling through because that's how they operate there. You know, I think the, the, the president of the, I think the president of the Blackhawks alumni association is also former Admiral Dave Mackey. Uh, I don't know if he's the, if he is or was the president, but, uh, anyways, I know he's, he's very much involved with, uh, with the Hawks, uh, alumni association. Cliff Coral, the former Admiral's head coach, Cliff Coral is, is there. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Cliff, uh, Cliff Coral, the, the, the story goes that he's coaching the Admirals because the Blackhawks and the Admirals are affiliate back in 84, 85 and they're awful. They should have been great, but they're awful. And they're driving home from Milwaukee one time and, Cliff made the bus driver turn the lights on and he woke everyone up. They're sleeping, coming home from Kalamazoo or wherever. And he turns the lights on and you can see the lights down downtown Chicago. And he wakes everyone up and says, boys, that's as close as you're ever going to get to Chicago is right here. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, we should, uh, we should, we should wrap this up huh, Charlie. Yeah. Absolutely. That we, uh, we always like to ask though, like when you think of your time in Milwaukee, what, uh, what do you think? Um, my time in Milwaukee, I, I remember it very fondly. Like I said, like it was my big jumping off point. Um, but there was a great group of guys. Like I said, a lot of guys I'm still friends with to this day. And when you're someone like me, who's played for, I think I'm on 19 pro teams now. Um, you don't always keep in touch with a lot of guys throughout the journey. And like the guys were great. I still keep in touch with a lot of them. Like I said, I just saw Phil recently. Um, but then also you guys, like the staff, the coaches, like the media, like everyone was so great to me there. And it, it made me feel so comfortable. And I think that really helped me thrive when I was there. And I, don't, I think you underestimate how much it means to like feel comfortable with the staff and the coaches and everybody around you so that you can just focus on playing the best you can. And, and you guys did a great job of it. Like, I mean, literally probably this tied for the first best I'd give you guys. Well, that's <laughs> good to say. And you, you know I, what, you made it easy because of how gracious you were too. So, and, and I will say though, that I, I know that uh, uh, you got to sit front row at a bulls game uh, because you were the oh, AHL oh, player. Yeah. I don't know if you're the player of the week or the player of the month, but you were, and you're like, and 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 Harris, our owners. I, I think he said to me, "Hey, why don't you see if Darles wants to see sit courtside for yeah, the?" Yeah, uh... I remember that. That was sick. <laughs> Once you sit courtside at an NBA game, though, you can't go anywhere else, can you? No, it's like flying first class. I'm never going back. Right on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly right. Right. Like yeah, and and it's unlike any other a seat in any other sport, right? Yeah. Like. In, in hockey, you can sit on the glass, but there's the glass. 
Yeah. In basketball, yeah, but I'd prefer to sit on like the second level in hockey. But basketball, oh, yeah. I got a whole new respect for the sport after sitting courtside at that, that game. That episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, where Larry David stretches and he trips Shaq. And he trips Shaq. Wreck <laughs> <laughs> the Lakers seed. So thank goodness uh, you didn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah right. Yeah, you could yeah. have long legs like you have. You could easily have tripped some guy. Could have taken someone out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Scott, it's uh, it's great to see you. It's great to talk to you. Uh, congratulations on your on your wedding and uh, and so much more. Best of luck, and uh, we'd love to we'd love to see you again sometime real soon. Hey, I always got time for you guys. You know that. We really appreciate it, Darl. Thanks so Darling. much for your time. That's Scott. Darling. Yeah, of course. That was awesome. Listening to this Milwaukee Admiral podcast. Everything I said before All these words they made